Reflections from Torch Trust, focusing on Christian faith and sight loss. Well, hello and a warm welcome to Reflections. I'm Sheila Armstrong, and those of you who listen regularly might be wondering what's happened to Marilyn. Well, here's a clue. How much is that dog in the window? So, Marilyn, what is it? What have you got to tell us? Well, I've just trained with my new guide dog, Arlo. So, you've had a few guide dogs, haven't you? I certainly have. How many have you had? Um, This will be my sixth. My, that's quite a track record, isn't it? Yes. Does it feel the same when you train with each one? Absolutely not. They've all been different. Back in the old days, we used to have to give them raw food, you know, like uh, mm. breast of lamb and all that. I used to go to the butcher when I was a student and say, I'll have a breast of lamb for the dog, and I used to eat it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's dried food now, isn't it? A bit more convenient. Very convenient. Maybe the dogs preferred the lamb. I think they might have done, yes, I think yeah. they did. What kind of differences are in the training methods? Because I've heard that there's quite a bit of difference. There's a massive difference at the moment. The aim is to reward the dog at every point. If it does right. If it does the right thing. And it's <laughs> kind of making the harness as if it's a game and fun for the dog. Yes. Now, some dogs really don't like harness work. And at the beginning, mm. when I kept on giving food treats all the time, of course the dog loved me, but I thought, does it only love me because of the food? I guess in a way no. that is true. At the beginning, that's what they associate with. You know, it's I the, think it is true, really. Yes, I'm afraid, <laughs> afraid it is. But the thing is, they've introduced a new kind of psychology of what it means to have a dog. They don't, for instance, particularly believe in the pack um, system anymore. They say that was what wolves had, but... Domestic animals are not like that. Whether you agree or not is another matter. It's um, an interesting one. They want you to think about the dog's boundaries. You see, does the dog set boundaries? I don't know. But there's a, there's a special new behaviour called chin. Dog puts his head on your lap when you've covered your lap with a blanket or rug or something. And it's in order for you to kind of examine his ears or if you want it to come up close for any particular reason, it's sweet. But then they say that if the dog takes his head off the chin, it means he's had enough and you have to stop. Don't right. contravene the boundaries, you know? Oh, so we're talking about the dog's boundaries, the not dog's our boundaries. The dog's boundaries, that's what I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. Not the boundaries that we're setting. No, the dog's boundaries. And so you stop until the dog is ready to come back and it puts its head on your lap. Now, I did say to my dear trainer, who was marvellous, by the way, I said I disagreed with that one because... I know why my dog puts his head back again and takes it off again. He puts it back in because he knows if he puts it back, he'll get another treat. I <laughs> yes, don't quite think it's sense. boundaries. But on the other hand, they talk about something called the dog's trust account. Hmm. And that means that if you build up lovely things with the dog, nice moments, gentleness and positiveness, when it comes to the fact that you have to do something difficult with the dog, it's more easy for the dog to cope with. So they call that a trust account with the dog. Yeah, I think that's probably and true. And I think that's I true. I think we all did that in the past, actually. We did. We did <laughs> it in the past, but they've just labelled it more. When you go out and about, I mean, they don't want you to stop the rewards. 
I think what they're saying is you've got to keep rewards going all the time. Whether it's as often as you start it with, I don't know. The best behaviours they've introduced is called touch. And how does that work? Well, it's lovely. I really like it. You see, you hold your hand out, say your right hand or something like that, and you say, well, I would say, Arlo, touch, you see. And the dog comes up and puts his nose in your hand. Oh. And then you give the dog a treat. That's what they like you to do when you're calling the dog on a free run now. Mm. And I think there's some sense in it. You can blow the whistle. You can say, Arlo, touch or whatever. The dog will come back, put his head or nose in, in the hand, and then you can take hold of the collie yourself. You've got yeah. hold of the dog. See, sometimes when you say to the dog, come, it can be wandering around like just a couple of feet away from you, but it's not really yeah. coming. <laughs> I have done that. experience, haven't we? But I love yeah. this Arlo touch thing. I love that. The other thing is if they want to, if you want to teach them where, where they should lie, it's, it's place. You say place, and they can be pointed then to a place and then rewarded. So there's no doubt about it. They do respond, but it can make them quite kind of food orientated. One thing they're saying is that's very important. You mustn't just say, oh, my dog's stubborn, and label it. They don't want mm. you to label things like that. A bit like human beings in a way, Sheila, because like, if you say to somebody, um, you could say to someone, oh, you're a liar. You are a liar. But you could say, oh, I told a fib. I'm sorry about that. It doesn't mean you're yeah. a liar all the time. No. So, you, you know, you might say, my dog has some stubborn moments if you like moments yeah yes you know it can be a bit stubborn but it doesn't mean it is stubborn and she gave me the trainer you know you have talks that they give you lectures and things mm -hmm. and she gave me a very interesting example i think the one that interested me was about the rats apparently a scientist got two lots of rats together and labeled them dumb rats and clever rats but there wasn't any difference with them really they just had labels like that a group mm -hmm. two groups and they gave them to people to train to get through a maze people who had the bright clever rats if the rats went a bit wrong they made special effort to help the rats because they believed in them the dumb rats hardly any of them got through because the people who had them thought oh they're a bit duff anyway they won't manage that well. And that was interesting, I thought, because it sort of relates to people. It's what you expect. And maybe yeah. it works with animals too. So if you expect your dog to be naughty all the time, maybe that's what you'll get. I think it's important that the dog feels at the outset that it's going to do well for you, because most of them really do want to please. Made me all. 
That, of course, was Marilyn again with You Are My Light, and it's from her new album, Joy of My Heart. Well, let's carry on finding out a bit more about Arlo. We've talked a lot about the training, the trainers, the psychology, the people. What's the little dog like? Well, well he's not that little, is he? He's huge, actually. He's bigger than any I've ever had. He's a long, big golden retriever. Um, and, um, yes, he's solid. He's quite quiet. It's quite good for me because when I go out to do a concert or uh, visit a church or something like that, you know, he could just lie down and you wouldn't even know he was there. But he does adore people, so at the beginning he gets very excited. The first visit I took him um, out, you know, to visit my neighbour, and it was her birthday, and she said, oh, I oh. love dogs. I said, is your garden okay for dogs? Oh, yes, let him go in the garden. So, of course, I did. He went out in the garden. Next minute, we heard him tearing through the house. He was no <laughs> longer a golden retriever. He was black. He oh. had jumped in their pond big oh, time. Oh, and he goodness. stank. And we oh, had to get the yes. shampoo. We had to um, hose him. We had to just to get well, him ready. Enjoyed that. And, of course, retrievers <laughs> fur. It's quite, you know, their coats are long and it can get matted. And anyway, yes. that's it. We got him all spick and span for the next day. We've also, you see, got Goldie, our hearing dog. That's Trace's hearing dog. And so um, 
it's interesting, Goldie's nearly 12. And Arlo yeah. is quite quiet, but it's Goldie that eggs him on with playing. Mm. Yes. And so that's quite nice. So they have a little rumpus and a little rolling over times and there's plenty of wagging of tails and all that, <clears throat> you know. Oh. So that's very, very sweet. And also for me, I find that when I look back on my wait for a guide dog, I've waited really two and a half years for one. Yes, longer than me. But with lockdown, it would have been very difficult to have had one, I think. I guess so. And, you know, with the fact that they couldn't really go into the shops very well, they couldn't really walk routes or get help so easily. You know, people didn't want to connect yeah. so much with us, did they? And, and, of course, they didn't know about the social distancing, did they? They tend to take you to the front of a queue, of don't they? they do. They love it, and they put their <laughs> nose between people's legs. So, I mean, Absolutely, you know, yes. it's all that kind of thing. But do you know what my trainer said to me? Marilyn, this is the very best time you could ever have trained. She said, lockdown has, has finished. There's not so many restrictions, and we're still doing more training from home at the moment because of COVID. Mm. And, in fact, I know that very soon they're going to bring back classes and I'd have mm -hmm. gone on one of them and for me training at home was really important because to learn my roots again having had two and a half years of not really being very independent because I'm not good with the long cane and also my town my nearest town Tunbridge that had changed a lot the pavements had changed and all that and I needed help with the roots and my trainer was particularly good at teaching me things so I could kind of relearn them in a new way. But Arlo doesn't like repeating routes and things. Now, it's interesting. If your dog, like, bumps you into something, I mean, at one time we just flick the harness and say, no, don't do that, no, no, it's not like that. But what we do now, if the dog bumps you into something, you just take the lead or whatever, you go back, and then you get it to do it again. Usually the dog does it correctly the second time because it doesn't want to repeat it knows it did it wrong, it works it out for itself. I find that quite interesting, the way of correcting. I'll tell you, I had a qualifying walk, you know, a test. And um, it was interesting what happened with that too, because things went wrong on my test. For a start, the dog wanted to go to the park, and I had a little bit of a battle trying to get him to go the other way to the shops. Then I met my hairdresser with a dog, and he got a little distracted and then you know there was somebody else in the way of one of the turnings and then I made a mistake in my route and I thought gosh I'm not going to pass you know and when I got back my trainer she clapped her hands the senior trainer and she said you know that was marvelous she said you showed so much competence you understood how you handled the dog and, and yeah. what to do in situations that were difficult and she said you had plenty of difficult situations there and you did it so well. Well, do you know, two things I realised. I felt so confident after that in myself. I thought, I can handle Arlo. It's great. She was confident in me, and that helped me with my confidence. And secondly, I was thinking spiritually, sometimes we only want things to be easy. And when I prayed about my qualifying walk, um, I said, Lord, let it go all smooth. You know, I don't want any mishaps. And I felt in <laughs> my heart God would say, well... There's going to be some surprises. And I, oh, no, don't be so silly. It'll be all right. Everything will be fine. I was trying to be dead positive. But if she hadn't seen the problems, she wouldn't have known um, really what I could do. And she said that's why she qualified me, because she saw what I would do. And sometimes we do miss important development in our lives because we want to avoid all difficulties, I think. 
Yeah, that's very true. I am profoundly grateful to have a dog now because for the first time in two and a half years, I've been able to go out properly and do some shopping on my own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that means that it makes me feel fantastic. I, I got my independence back. And yeah. that, to me, that means so much. I know that many people can manage with a long cane, but it's I not can't. easy. And I'm so grateful to have a dog again. And I'm making the most of every day with him. That's how I feel. Now, you've written a special song for Arlo, and we're going to play it. <laughs> yes, well, you see, it was interesting. I mean, first of all, the way he came to us was so interesting. Kennel cough had broken out at the guide dog offices, and he had been in a pen with one of the dogs who'd had it. And it's, you know, a bit like anyone getting flu or something, but it can be nasty. And with Goldie being nearly 12, the guide dog instructors didn't want um, Goldie to get it, and so they were going to delay my training. And I said, well, let's send Goldie away. So he went on holiday to Broadstairs. He had a lovely time, and Arlo came. And it was on the first day that he arrived, on the Friday, that I did a concert in the evening on Zoom. And I decided to do this song for him, and I'd wanted to test him out with music because they never told me whether he liked music or not. I mean, some dogs howl when they hear Coronation Street, don't they, or something. <laughs> yeah. And so I got drums in it. It's not very... I only did, I did it in ten minutes. It was very quick, um, little song, and it was about him and Goldie. And I sang it at the concert, and people really enjoyed it. It was lively and happy, and they were joining in. And Arlo, actually, he just laid asleep. I think he was still getting used to the fact that he'd moved in. But <laughs> it's nice, and it's uh, on our Facebook link. And it's just called Mr. Arlo. Mr. Arlo, hello, 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 adventures each 
dogs, as with everything else when you're a Christian, you often look for things that God's teaching you. And Marilyn's no exception to that. In fact, Marilyn does weekly podcasts and they come under the title of Hope for the Heart. So if you want to hear them, just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. Or you could always go on to mbm-ministries.org where you can find more about what she gets up to. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Hope for the Heart. Now here are some amazing verses. First of all starting with Isaiah 42 verse 16. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. And Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and guide you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and keep my eye upon you. Or one translation says, I will lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Well, As you know, I've been training with my guide dog, Arlo, and I'm now qualified. But why does it take so long for someone like me, who is blind, to train with a new guide dog? I mean, I've had five weeks of intensive training, but this is my sixth dog, so I'm experienced. And surely the dog has been trained before it comes to me, so why does it take so long? Well, it's all about working in partnership. And learning to follow, me becoming able to pick up the slightest movement coming from the harness handle. So that if the dog indicates a little to the right or a little to the left, or wants to take me round an obstacle, I'm following closely. Otherwise, I could have an accident. Now, those verses I quoted from Isaiah talk about God leading us on unfamiliar paths. And it reminds me how last week I was walking in the Lake District around roads I'd never been on before. Well, others were with me telling me where to cross or which way to take. But the amazing thing was that I felt so confident I could step out and not be afraid because when the guide dog is working well, you feel you're walking with like a little person. He is your eyes. He is guiding, seeing what's ahead. Some blind people use a long cane very successfully to get around, but I never took to it, and when I have tried to use it, My steps are very hesitant and I feel I have to sort of concentrate 100% of the time. But as you learn to follow the dog, you become so relaxed. You have to be really, not stiff or holding back, so that you can really sense these movements coming from that harness handle. Keeping in step with your guide dog is crucial. 
Dogs can make bad mistakes, and they do, or get distracted. But the Bible tells us God never takes his eyes off us, never grows tired, and never leads us in the wrong direction. I'm learning to trust Arlo, and I'm so grateful to have my big boy, because he's given me back my independence, and I can go places I could never have gone without him. Also, I feel a new sense of pride and joy walking with my handsome boy with me. You see, God created him especially to help me and serve me in life. That's an incredible gift. And if dogs can be so wonderful, how much more faithful our Heavenly Father will be, keeping us safe and on the right path. Let's pray. Father, help us to trust you more to be truly teachable and willing to follow. We want to go your way, to be truly led by you on our life's journey, and we need your Spirit to guide us. Help us not to hold back, but to step out confidently with you, knowing that you're always alongside us. Amen.
Marilyn's version of By Your Side, the famous Noel and Trish Richards song. Well, that's about all we've got time for this week, and we didn't actually have time to play Marilyn's full interview, so if you do want to hear that, just search for Reflections from Torch Trust wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, for anything else, you can always call Torch on 01858 438 That's 01858 438 260. Or you can email info at torchtrust.org. So until next week, when Marilyn will be back with you, it's goodbye and God bless. You've been listening to Reflections from Torch Trust.